You're listening to Zeigler Group's Legal Zeitgeist podcast, the funds law podcast series that helps asset management firms reevaluate and revolutionize their current approach to investment funds law with the latest technology, legal and regulatory compliance insights, and best practices. Hi, my name is Kunal Kropa. I'm Business Development Director at the Zeitler Group, and welcome to the Legal Zeitgeist. Today, I'm joined by Anna Zeitler, Founder and Managing Director of the Zeitler Group. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the upcoming Cross-Border Distribution Directive. Anna, thanks for joining us today. I guess my first question is, who's going to be most affected by this upcoming Cross-Border Distribution Directive? And what are the most pressing elements of this new regime that firms should be aware of? Yeah, so this new legal framework for cross-border distribution is uh, particularly relevant for every usage management company or alternative investment fund manager who distributes funds on a cross-border basis uh, throughout the European Union and the EEA. And if you had to highlight maybe sort of the most pressing matters from the direct, what would you highlight? I would say noteworthy is certainly the removal of the requirement to have local agents. So at this point in time, as you know, in very many EU member states require the establishment or the appointment of a local agent in a jurisdiction. Sometimes this is referred to as information agent or paying agent, centralization agent is the term used in France, for example. And this requirement is now being removed. That means that you can provide one central facilities agent to cover this requirement throughout the European Union. Management companies can even provide the services themselves. So this is certainly a significant improvement, I would say, for the cross-border distribution of investment funds in the European Union. There is now also a unified denotification process. At this point in time, the European Union does not have a denotification process. By that, we mean the process of deregistering an investment fund, which is registered for distribution in a certain jurisdiction. And there will now be a uniform process for this. So I think that's another noteworthy and, and helpful change. And then there are a couple of things that concern the um, internal workflows at an asset manager who wants to distribute on a con- uh, cross-border basis. So there are now new update procedures and also there is a new process around marketing communication and its prior approval before it can be used. With regard to these latter changes, I'm not so sure if they will actually really facilitate the cross-border distribution of investment funds throughout the European Union, or if they may not make everyone's life even a bit more difficult than it already is. No, I mean, uh, those are some great points. And I think the obviously the local agent requirement has long been seen as quite a low value service, rather an additional cost burden than a you know actual service or additional service that clients are getting. So I think a lot of people are quite uh, 
glad that this requirement will be following away. Uh, the deregistration process is obviously another interesting one because, as you said, there's no harmonized uh, you know, methodology behind this deregistration. I think another important thing probably to highlight there is that um, you know, there's no going to be restrictions on the number of minimum investors that can, you know, so there's no restrictions on number of investors any longer. So that's great as well. Uh, maybe the pre-marketing of TAFEs also comes to mind. And uh, I think long this has been discussion on pre-marketing and having unified definition. So I, I believe the directive also brings that in. Any thoughts on that specifically? Well, what is good news here is that there will be a definition of pre-marketing which will be applicable in the context of AFMD um, throughout the European Union. So we will now have a very clear and uh, consistent uh, definition of pre-marketing. At this point in time, marketing or pre-marketing is interpreted slightly differently in each and every EU member state. Um, And I think this harmonization certainly brings uh, more legal clarity and legal certainty for everyone who has to uh, deal with these types of questions. I would say that is is a welcomed welcome change. I think also the the process around pre marketing is quite interesting. So, so there, basically, you can make the you have to make the notification within two weeks of starting pre marketing. You have to provide certain information, including which countries you plan to do pre marketing on, and essentially. What is also required is that if any investment comes in within 18 months of making this notification, that will trigger a need to register the fund via the passport. So you cannot accept that investment before the fund is registered. Exactly, Kunal. That's another very, I think, interesting point. If that makes everyone's life easier or um, if that at the end turns out to be more of a complication of matters, I think that remains to be seen. As a firm, we look forward to um, the implementation of the directive. Um, The deadline is the 2nd of August, as you know, and we will then see how this plays out in in practice. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see what happens with use of reverse solicitation because uh, it might get much tougher to rely on that if you you take advantage of the pre-marketing initiative. So that you might be gaining through the pre-marketing, but you might be losing out on relying on reversalization to some degree, but we'll see. I I agree. We have to see what this will look like. Obviously, August, you mentioned the 2nd of August. And when I look at my calendar, we aren't too far away from that. So any advice that you'd like to give to firms that are trying to sort of navigate the cross-border distribution directive? It's now about time to start looking at the internal processes, um, especially uh, with regard to... um, you know, updating or having to update the regulators of any changes that requires an, a new internal process at the asset manager. So I think uh, that's a, a process that asset managers sh- should look at now or start to look at now. May also uh, make a lot of sense to revisit the appointment of, of local agents to look at the agreements. Um, can they be terminated? What are the termination periods? And how are we going to deal with this requirement going forward? Yeah, and, and, and just generally review the changes that the new directive and regulation bring and compare against the internal processes and see where changes are required. 
makes absolute sense. And also in, in conversations with clients, we do see some clients that actually have proper working groups around the directive and the regulation to see how the firm is going to navigate it and what changes might be needed in either the service provider arrangements and agreements or the internal workflows or a combination of the two. So certainly very interesting. We're seeing different approaches with how clients are navigating this. But yeah, I mean, uh, that was a really interesting chat. Uh, I'd just like to thank you again for your time and for joining us here. Thanks, Akuna. You reached the end of another episode of the Legal Zeitgeist podcast. Connect with us at zeidler.group to subscribe. Thank you for listening. The Legal Zeitgeist podcast is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. Professional legal advice should be obtained before taking or refraining from any action as a result of the contents of this podcast. All rights reserved.